words on water. Welcome to Take It From The Top, a podcast series that offers words of wisdom from past presidents of the Water Environment Federation to help water professionals navigate their way through the coronavirus pandemic. To my guest today is WEF past president, Paul Friedman. Paul is also co-founder and CEO of Limnotech, a nationally recognized expert in water quality and water resources. Paul, welcome. Great to have you. Welcome, Tom. Glad to have the chance to chat. Thanks. You know, Paul, this, this pandemic has very quickly disrupted plans, everybody's plans that people made. You're located there in Ann Arbor, Michigan, at uh, the home of Michigan, uh, University of Michigan, right? Absolutely, yeah. Go Wolverines. <laughs> and uh, you're also an alumnus of uh, University of Michigan. I am. So you've seen this firsthand, this disruption that this uh, pandemic has had on the university and students, graduating seniors. We have people who have canceled retirement plans, canceled vacation plans, weddings, um, businesses too. Everybody had plans for their businesses, have put things on hold or abruptly changed things. So I want to talk a little bit about that as our starting background, because you assumed the presidency of WEF in 2009, just as the financial crisis of 2007 and 2008 was making its full impact. So I'm going to guess, having been a president myself, that you, like many presidents, stepped into your role with this idea of big plans that you had for your year, things you wanted to accomplish as president. But with this financial crisis, you probably had to quickly regroup and, and face the reality of the uh, current crisis. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about your experiences during this time. Yeah, I'd be glad to share. Um, first, a little bit about the financial situation at WEF. Uh, the uh, majority of our income comes through our annual conference, WEFTEC, and involves uh, discretionary travel and uh, spending. Um, so it's a major piece of our business model, so to speak. Uh, prior to me coming into uh, as an officer, we had a string of good years. Uh, WEFTEC was growing, and our, all our publications were doing well. All our programs were doing well. So we actually had budget surpluses. So coming in, I anticipated, uh, boy, there'd be all these uh, available resources to start new initiatives, to better serve our membership, to advance our mission. But then, as they say, uh, it hits, uh, it happens. And uh, the recession hit. And there were budget cuts throughout our membership, uh, all segments of our membership. And of course, WEFTEC uh, naturally couldn't uh, escape that in terms of how people had their travel and participation plans. So financially, our outlook uh, looked quite tight. There was, you know, there's naturally a tendency in these kind of situations, just tighten your belt and avoid anything new or risky. However, in a crisis uh, like this, you can always just dig, dig in and focus on the details, or you can take a moment to kind of step back and reflect Reflect on what your core values are, what your core mission is, what your priorities, and, and take a view of looking to the future. Kind of rethink your path forward. And I was very fortunate to be in uh, as an officer 
when uh, the board, the staff, and all my officer colleagues were very forward-thinking. I think that's certainly the case uh, now as well. And they're just not uh, of the mindset of being strictly a budget cutters. Yes, we did tighten our belts, but we were focused very selectively. We cut back on uh, programs and activities that have kind of lost their vitality and value, had been just continuing to exist out of momentum, and we refocused our attention on activities that were relevant to the future. To do this, we emphasized strategic planning, looking at our core values and mission. We focused on tying multi-year budgeting to tie into that strategic plan to avoid year-to-year fluctuations. And then we use that strategic plan to sharply focus our actions that advanced our mission and advanced our mission looking long range. So oddly, in an odd way, the crisis helped us, or shall I I say even forced us, not to focus on the past and present, but to focus on the future. So this mindset included engagement with every one of our committees and looking at their committee plans and structure and having them tie that into our strategic plan. So we, in order, through that communication and exchange, we were able to get broad alignment throughout the organization on how to get through that great recession. Yeah, Paul, there's something that you said there that I I think is very powerful, which is that you said, you know, you can take that pause, take that moment and regroup because in a situation, uh, our normal reaction is to panic. It's something I learned way back in uh, as a Boy Scout is that in an emergency situation, they keep drilling into our head. The first thing you say to yourself is don't panic, don't panic. Don't panic. And so for you to, as as the board there, to take that pause and say, okay, wait a minute, let's not panic here. What do we do? And that pause enabled you to have that regroup and start thinking big picture, as you said, to think about uh, what is your overall core values. Uh, And I also like what you're saying that, that this, in an odd way, this helped you to focus on the future. And uh, it reminds me of that a famous quote from Winston Churchill, where he had said, never let a good crisis go to waste. I think about that myself in my own personal ways. You know, I try to live by this perspective. Every problem we have or difficulty that we face, there's always an opportunity in there somewhere. And, and it's, it's the opportunity to find the difficulties in that the problem. It helps to look for those opportunities. So during this financial crisis, you were reassessing the priorities you and the board you're reassessing the priorities did you and the WEF board also try to find opportunities within this chaos yes uh, Tom as a matter of fact we did we kind of avoided the tendency to pull back uh, uh, you know you mentioned a uh, panic in the face of crisis fortunately we had a, a staff that was able to cover for all that and uh, uh, working with them effectively uh, uh, we were able to deal with the problems at hand, but we forced our, ourselves to be thinking about new ideas and keep those in the forefront, focusing on the future. And uh, yeah, money was tight, but we wanted to keep make sure that we move forward and kept uh, WEF as uh, thought and technology leaders and leaders in training and education. So for example, we emphasized some uh, what were then were kind of emerging initiatives we placed an emphasis on stormwater, which was uh, we saw as a growing challenge and continues uh, now, uh, uh, more than a decade later. Uh, sustainability and water stewardship, both nationally and globally. 
we re-examined our global role. We uh, de-emphasized uh, global membership per se and felt state emphasizing thought leadership and providing content that had global value. And we began to experiment more with e-delivery, thinking that that was needed not only to respond to the crisis at hand, but also saw it as a long-term trend. So the crisis helped us rethink our strategies, not just repeat our past actions. And it helped us look for opportunities, opportunities for advancement and change. And so what's fascinating is that here we are a little bit more than 10 years later from that time, and we at WEF and our members are benefiting from some of those decisions that were made during a, a crisis time. We have uh, you know, the Stormwater Institute, which grew out of uh, your board's desire to look for those uh, new opportunities in the water sector. And uh, sustainability, environmental stewardship, that, that's all over the programming for WEFTEC now. You know, we, we, we talk specifically about sustainability, which has grown towards uh, the UN strategic development goals. So I think we're building upon those things that, that you did. Interesting, which was uh, more than 10 years ago. So as we look at here now, a little bit more than 10 years later, and we have the coronavirus pandemic, we are also seeing this abrupt shift in e-communication, which you, which you foresaw 10 years ago. You know, we have, everybody's now doing the virtual conferences and chat rooms, people working from home. Even WefTech this year, uh, if you haven't read the, the announcement on this, WefTech is going completely virtual and a new platform that we call WefTech Connect. And there's gonna be more information coming on, out about that and the exciting things that we're going to do in the, in the, the the new version of WEFTEC. So, uh, yes, I'm very excited to hear about all the innovations that are being uh, put forward at, uh, related to, to WEF and WEFTEC. And here, too, the crisis helped WEF uh, kind of rethink the delivery of services, uh, reinvent uh, WEFTEC, and adapt programs and ideas and approaches that can have uh, long-term value. Many of the ideas implemented today were discussed or incubated, shall we say, in past years, but the crisis and commitment of the board and officers to act and actually implement, not just experiment with these things, is, uh, is very uh, commendable. I'm very uh, impressed with how you, Tom, and the other officers and board and staff have reacted so quickly and so effectively with new ideas and new approaches that ensure that we still stay out front as a, a, an industry leader. That's, that, that's great. And one of the things that you said there, uh, Paul, reminds me of something that the uh, science writer Stephen Johnson had said about how sometimes some ideas take time to incubate. Things don't always happen right away. And I know oftentimes as human beings, we want it right now, right? But I want it now, you know, and, and yet, it really does take some ideas need time to mature. They need time to incubate. They need the right conditions to grow, like that seed that needs the right amount of moisture and sunlight and soil, and suddenly it will start to grow. And so uh, uh, let's not forget those ideas that, that are planted and, and um, have been sitting there simmering in the background for a while. It creates this process of change. And we know humans by our nature resist change. So you are, as we said, the CEO and co-founder of Limnotech. And so as a leader, 
you also have to be leading through your organization through a time of major crisis and change. How, how do you do that as a leader? How do you address this whole um, kind of uh, pushback on humans' resistance to change? Yes, uh, Tom, to facilitate change and respond in a crisis, uh, you, you need broad buy-in and you need trust. And uh, this year, uh, this, uh, this spring, we saw this front and center with the COVID health crisis, the work from home change and how we uh, conducted our businesses, uh, uh, the economic downturn, and now uh, major protests and uh, uh, problems with uh, policing and discrimination, all created angst and uncertainty, and, and for some, uh, actual real harm. Sure, and, and so as a leader, you have to think about what exactly are you going to say? And, and I've, I've heard this oftentimes said, you know, a leader will often be criticized more for what they don't tell the people than what they tell them. How do you deal with this among your staff and management? How do you deal with communicating these, the, the words and the, uh, the direction? You were right on target there, Tom. Communication is the key. And, and not just one way. It's not just PowerPoint presentations and speeches but two ways, a conversation, a dialogue. Uh, our people in our business are, are smart, they're mature. They wanna know the facts. They wanna know the challenges, the risks, the scenarios, the options. They have lots of ideas and concerns that they want to air. And, and basically our businesses are built on the capabilities of people. And so you have to treat those people with respect and value their input. With the COVID crisis hitting, People had great worries and concerns about their individual health, the health of their families, their coworkers, their friends. Challenges about how to adapt to work from home, risks uh, about their job security, about the company resilience, family concerns, societal worries, financial worries. So you know, we had to start a conversation. These conversations were very important to not only inform, but also to listen. We had company-wide meetings to offer them assurance and facts and information to give them the, the comfort that we were able to adapt, that we can continue our business, and that both their individual jobs and the companies were on solid footing. They were secure. But we also reached out, I personally reached out to every individual in the company to hear their concerns, answer their questions, listen to their ideas. This was lots of meetings and lots of calls, of, uh, I'd say approaching 100, but it was well worth the 100 time. 100 phone calls, you reached out with 100 phone calls. And it, it, but it was well worth the, uh, the time that we adapted well. We actually outperformed uh, the same period in 2019. So through weekly, <coughs> excuse me, company-wide meetings of staff, and we were able to maintain also our personal communication and, and reinforce our culture of collaboration and, and personal connection. So our, our focus on people, communication, transparency, and truth actually reinforced, no, no I'd actually say enhanced our core values and in performance. The communication paid off again, uh, just in the last uh, few weeks with the uh, protests and disruptions that hit at the end of May and June. And this disruption hit very close to home. Some of the high profile cities that were 
case uh, in the news where uh, Minneapolis, DC, and uh, Los Angeles, where we had offices right in the core of where these uh, protests were happening. So here again, open communication and dialogue on the issues helped strengthen our culture. And even while people were working from home, it encouraged one-on-one -on -one conversations and those people who were isolated at home in the midst of, of all the disruption uh, were given us uh, kind of reassurance and, and, uh, and comfort. And we were able to listen. So in general, this engaging in people helping them understand the problem, helping them understand the solutions, and helping with the solutions it was a key to success in these kind of crises. Paul, I wanna, I wanna repeat something you said because uh, I think this is so important. When you're talking about communication to the staff, you said you value their maturity with transparency and truth, with transparency and truth. I think that's very valuable, worth repeating. So now here you are, Paul, 10 years plus out from your presidency at WEF. Is there anything that you learned in your time at the presidency, which of course was, uh, as we've already talked about, uh, rather tumultuous, but is there anything maybe that uh, is helping you get through the difficult, disruptive times today? Yes, it, 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 in times of crisis, you really have to avoid the trap. You know, it's not just, you know, put your shoulder down, uh, you know, uh, so to speak, and just grind through it and focus on the task at hand. You really need to kind of step back and, and take stock of your priorities and examine your path forward. Life is uh, just fundamentally fraught with change, with disruption, with impermanence, and it passes quickly. So it's important to take time often to reassess, even in a crisis, and make sure all your actions and your priorities align with your values and goals. And, and last, as they say, practice gratitude, smell the roses, much to be thankful for, even in a crisis. And do not overlook uh, these opportunities for gratitude, even in times of difficulty and crisis. Be present in the moment and be grateful and be happy. Life is too short not to. Very powerful words there, Paul. And, you know, I think the, that last thought is just something that's uh, the right time for us to end the conversation. We just think about that. Be present in the moment, be grateful and happy because life is too short not to. Paul Friedman, I want to thank you so much for taking your time to share your experiences and words of advice. I really enjoyed chatting with you, Tom. Thank you for reaching out. Thanks. This is your host, Tom Kunitz, asking you to keep listening to WEF's Words on Water podcasts and to join in for our next episode of Take It From the Top. And until next time, be positive and stay negative. Words on Water. <laughs>